0: Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life to help other women in their work-life balance or their motherhood journeys so they can let go make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing so if you are a regular listener of one of a kind you welcome back i'm so excited that you're joining me again if you are a new listener to one of a kind you i am also so excited to have you join us today for this episode of this podcast so if you are new here the way that this podcast works is that i read a journal entry of mine from about five or six years ago and then i reflect on what i know now and what i wish i had known then So I am just going to get started. This journal entry is from February 3rd, 2016. And this is um, sort of a continuation for my entry on February 2nd, which in the entry from February 2nd, I'm just talking about how I am, you know, home with Casey. She's three and she's at the stage where she's asking the same questions over and over and over. And it feels like Groundhog Day, same day, just a different date. And I feel drained by the constant questions, especially the fact that they're the same questions over and over, and I've already answered them for her, but I also felt drained because I just felt like I had so much to do and needed time alone to take care of it, and then when I did get the time alone, um, if she would actually nap, which if you're a mom and your kids napped, oh my gosh, I'm so envious because my girls did not nap when they were little, so Casey was at the stage where she was getting out of her bed at nap time. And coming downstairs and needing water or whatever. And so by the time I actually could get her down for a nap, it was actually time to get her back up because we had to go get Lily from school. But when I actually got her to stay in her room, all I wanted to do was sleep. I did not feel like doing the things that needed to be done. And so this entry that I'm going to share with you is basically a continuation of the feelings from the previous day. So February 3rd, 2016, here goes. The to-do list, scattered energy, is still really heavy on my mind. I was looking up ways to create an effective to-do list and learned my method is leading to my unproductive and unfocused path. When I think about it, it impacts every aspect of my life. It is also a reason I didn't really feel successful as a teacher. I have an endless to-do list that never gets done. I was explaining it to Pete last night. My daily tasks, changing the litter box, doing the laundry, washing the dishes, taking up takes up all of my time. By the time I get that stuff done, I don't have time for any projects or I feel tired and want to sleep. I'm hoping my productivity and sense of accomplishment improves as I work to implement my new to-do list knowledge and when the girls are in school and I feel as though I have more time. For now, I have to focus my time on being home with Casey. The other thing that is weighing on my mind is feeling like I don't have a handle on things. Just a week or so ago, I felt like I was getting to a good place and had a handle on things. I feel like I'm starting to slip again. I'm not sure if it's because I have a lot on my mind with things I want to look into and try to start planning my future career schooling plans. At rest time today, I really started getting annoyed with Casey, and she insisted on doing the blankets on her bed, which is fine. When I tried handing her a blanket, she dropped it on the floor. I thought, why would you do that? I took it personally and shouldn't have. It's hard not to sometimes because I take care of so much on my own that it becomes draining after a while. I'm really needing to practice the grounding strategies I learned from Nancy at the Mind Body Spirit Fest. It's hard to snap out of the funk in the middle of it to implement them. It might be that I first need to learn to just breathe. If I get this down, maybe the other strategies will come more naturally. The other thing I need to be more aware of and diligent with is praying. I never think to do this until everything is all said and done. I keep meaning to write down the meaningful prayers from Joel's daily devotional. So I have them and can say them when I'm feeling frazzled or not grounded. Another thing to add to the to-do list. So um, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. So, um, and I've said this time and time again, if you're a regular listener, you're probably thinking like, oh gosh, here she goes again. But if you're new, to want to behind you um, this is the main reason i want to share this so as a life coach um, my philosophy is helping you get to the core the root of the problem and so we have in my philosophy as a coach there's mindset and then there's procedure. so the mindset piece is key um, you can have procedure which is all the strategies but if your strategies are not aligned with your mindset it's going to be awkward It's to implement them, first of all. Or if you do implement them, they're not going to last that long because it doesn't feel natural. And that's where, um, on the part of the entry where I, I felt like I was slipping because I was trying to implement things and do things that really didn't feel aligned with who I was that as a person. So um, I, I'm really good at making a to-do list. I like checking things off. But a to-do list on some level is just a strategy. So where I was in this place in life, I felt scattered. I didn't feel like I had a handle on things. I didn't feel like I was organized. I didn't feel like I had the time to do the things on the to-do list. <coughs> Excuse me. So I could have made the to do lists every day until the cows came home, but I wasn't in a mindset of feeling like, oh, I'm an organized person. I feel like things are good. I feel like this is an effective strategy for me. Creating that to-do list was just making things more overwhelming for me because my focus really was Casey and being available for her during the day, doing um, in-home preschool with her and then trying to go to the library or outside to play. And so trying to add that to-do list Of all the things that weren't really necessary (coughs) excuse me i have a tickle in my throat were really it was not helping the situation it was not helping with the mindset of of me feeling like i was a good stay-at-home mom like i was patient like i was caring like i was nurturing i was taking those feelings away because i was so focused on this to-do list because i had in my mind that to be a stay-at-home mom, I had to be 100% available for my kids, and then I also had to be 100 re- 100% responsible for all of the de- quote-unquote domestic duties, laundry, taking care of the animals, we have three pets, um, getting the girls dressed, getting their lunches ready, getting them fed in the morning, getting them bathed at, bathed at night, getting them in GMEs, getting them fed, doing homework with Lily if she had any. Um, at that time, she was in kindergarten, So there was a little bit of homework, but I had all these ideals about what it was like to be a stay-at-home mom and what stay-at-home moms had to do. And so that was really putting a lot of pressure on myself. And this is really common with moms that I talk to and the the women that I coach, um, because there's this sort of unwritten rule, or it's implied that the stay-at-home mom does all the things. And so... Um, This still comes up every now and then with my husband and me because um, I have a life coaching business, I run a program for girls called Girl Talk, and um, in the past year with the pandemic, my husband has been working from home. But more often than not, he has taken over our our in-home office, so he's in that office, and I'm now up in the extra bedroom working from a folding card table. And I'm the one who is interrupted all day with Casey's schoolwork when she's not logged on with a teacher, when it comes to getting her a snack, when it comes to making her lunch. Um, And he leaves the office to eat his own lunch and then he eats and goes back into the office and we don't see him again until dinner. And so it was fine at first, but then it started to weigh on me, you know, and I thought, why is it that I'm out here trying to run all, essentially two businesses and take care of our children and take care of the animals and do all the things around the house. And he gets to sit in the office and just focus on his job, not out, you know, his world and nothing outside of that office. And he even has the luxury of closing the door. So, um, so that still comes up every now and then. So we had to talk, reevaluate the situation and, you know, he heard what I was saying. It, it was almost one-sided where he was at at complete liberty, liberty to do what he needed. Well, I didn't have that, that liberty. So it was the same thing back then, you know, he worked crazy hours, but then he was in an office with an hour and 15 minute commute each way. And I was here managing all the things with the kids. And so it was hard because I felt like my responsibility was juggling 8,000 balls. And inevitably, when you're juggling all those things, you're bound to drop something. And I could not allow myself to be okay with putting one of the balls down. Because I thought if I did that, that made me a bad mom. It made me a bad wife. It didn't make me a good stay-at-home mom. It made me inadequate. And so all of that pressure really did not help the cause. And so I I don't even remember what my to-do list strategy was because I didn't even write it down here. I don't even know what the knowledge was, but I can tell you that it didn't change. It did not change the to-do list craziness. It did not change the feeling of not having enough time. It did not have, it did not change the feeling of being less exhausted and just wanting to sleep when Casey was sleeping. It didn't change any of those things. And so what I know now is that I had my priorities and my values, um, not aligned with who I was as a person and not with the way that I wanted to be. Be moving forward so essentially they were outdated my values were outdated because they were based on what i thought people would expect of me or think of me if i didn't do things just so in a way that they were supposed to be done based on this idea that i had contrived in my head i don't know where i got a lot of the ideas from it was just me well i do know on some level it was me comparing comparing myself to other stay-at-home moms That I would see on the rare occasion we would go to a mommy and me group or um, an event at the community center or the library. Um, It would be me comparing myself to my own friends and the way that their houses looked and the way that their relationship was with their husband and things like that. And it was also um, influenced from my own childhood experiences with the way the dynamic between my mom and my stepdad and my dad and my stepmom. So there were a lot of factors that are playing into that. And so what I wanted to do too is I didn't really want to do the to-do list. I don't mind doing the dishes. I don't mind doing the laundry. I don't mind cleaning out the cat's litter box. But those weren't really what I wanted to be focusing my time on. I wanted to be focusing my time on Casey and thinking about or making plans for what my life was going to look like when they were back in school. This was before becoming a life coach. This was before, you know, starting an after-school program or an empowerment program for girls so I was really just needing time to just sit in silence and figure those things out or have time to figure out if I did want to pursue something what would it look like with the time that I had which wasn't much having KC home and then you know after-school activities and all of that so changing the, the values that I focused on and made a priority would have been the most important thing here And if anyone has any questions about what that looks like or um, how to do that, please don't hesitate to reach out on social media or shoot me an email. Um, I'm working with a client now, and we are going to do this exact values exercise. And if she'll be open to it, um, perhaps she would allow me to um, do it with her, and then I can post the recording so that you can hear it. Um, the other thing too, though, is I was dealing with trauma, healing trauma at the time that this was all taking place. And so, um, I gave everything a meaning about myself. So when Casey put the blanket on the floor and now I look at that and I laugh and I think really a little twerp, but in that moment, that probably was enough to send me over the edge. And Um, it doesn't say that I like got upset with her or anything, but I know myself and I probably wanted to just be like, fine, you're on your own and walk out of the room and close the door and be like, I'll see when your nap is done. Um, but look, reading back over this, that was such a trigger for me that she dropped that blanket on the floor because, um, it said I didn't matter. She didn't care that I was helping her. And that was definitely a trigger because of the abusive relationship I had with my high school boyfriend, but also from childhood experiences. That was totally, I can see now reading that I think like, oh gosh, that was totally a trigger. But her doing that really had nothing to do with me personally. She was just three and wanted to be independent and she didn't want me to hand her the blankets. She wanted to pick the blankets up in the order that she wanted them and put them on her bed. And I should have just given her the space to do that. To eliminate any frustration on my own part, um, and the grounding strategies are super important. And and part of that is just taking time to breathe and to do the five, four, three, two, one meditation. And the five, four, three, two, one meditation is just focusing on five things that you feel, five things. Well, I think it's five things that you see, four things that you feel, three things that you hear, two things that you smell, one thing that you taste. It's something along those lines, but you're just basically focusing on your five senses and counting different amounts of the things using your five senses. And I can post the exact meditation in the show notes as well. Um, But that gives you time to pause and to breathe and to just really take the situation in so that you can respond rather than react. And let's see, uh, to wrap this up, Mm, strategies though. Going back, the strategies have to be aligned to where you are in your own personal journey. And so if taking a moment to breathe isn't aligned with where you are because you have a very short fuse, that's probably going to be really uncomfortable and probably not something that comes to mind very quickly. Um, So when at this point in time, I put a stop red octagon, like a stop sign on the refrigerator because that was my visual cue that I needed to stop. When I was feeling overwhelmed or frustrated and give myself that reminder that I needed to breathe and it's important to do big deep breaths so that you feel you're breathing from your stomach instead of shallow breathing because when you're in a trauma response your breath can be shallow and so really giving yourself that time to do those big deep belly breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth and so The other thing, too, is that I've mentioned before that I wasn't really very spiritual because I didn't grow up that way. I wasn't raised to have faith or to pray or to speak to a higher power. I was raised where you just barrel through, and that's how you overcome things. And so I can tell you, at this point in time, I didn't write those prayers down. Um, At this time, I had started listening to Joel Osteen on um, satellite radio uh, in the car because it was, helping me to change the way that I thought about things. But it was also for me, um, in my mind, kind of like church and spirituality. And that was sort of where I was starting with dipping my toe into it. I don't really listen to Joel much anymore. um, But I do still get his daily devotionals in my email. Um, And sometimes I read them and sometimes I don't. But because I wasn't raised to pray, this was not going to be a strategy that was going to work for me. Um, because it just wasn't in my realm of thought. Taking a breath was actually more aligned at that point um, for where I was in my spiritual journey, but also in my personal growth journey that I, I didn't write the prayers down. I didn't read them. And it didn't help when I was feeling frazzled and overwhelmed. So really the key takeaways from this journal entry for me, looking back on them, is that I needed to give myself space I needed to let go of this idea that I had to be the perfect mom and the perfect wife and have a perfect house with everything in its place because that wasn't my, having a a picture perfect Pinterest worthy house wasn't what I valued at the time. What I valued at the time was being available for my kids and giving them the experiences that I didn't have growing up, but also the other priority that I had at that time was breaking this cycle of generational dysfunction that was impacting me at that time with trauma and what had led to the abusive high school boyfriend relationship. And so th- that was really my two priorities was being available for my kids and making sure that I was the best mom that I could be for them in that moment, but also breaking this cycle and also being available and having a really healthy relationship with my husband. And so Yes, keeping a clean house is important, but focusing on that was not important because that wasn't a value that I had at that time. And I wish I had given myself permission then to recognize that and to be a little bit more flexible and, flu- and have more fluidity with my thoughts and my day-to-day existence um, because that would have taken so much of the overwhelm and the stress out of it. So if you're looking for help coming up with a strategy – that is aligned with where you currently are to your current mindset, or you have questions about how to figure out what your values truly are, so you don't continue to rely on outdated values or values that aren't really as important to you as they might've been at another point in time, um, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram, on Facebook, um, via email. I'm always happy to help in any way that I can. I might ask you more questions so that I can get a deeper understanding of where you currently are. Um, So if that's the case and it feels a little overwhelming with the questions, oh my gosh, just please tell me and I'm happy to even jump on a quick Zoom call with you just to help you give give you more insight or get more information because um, I really wanna make the advice or the suggestions that I have as impactful as possible and relevant for you as well, so that you don't continue to feel more frustrated or overwhelmed or at a loss. Um, the other thing too, is that I'm still um, offering, if anyone would like to do a free half hour coaching session on the One of a Kind You podcast, I would love to do that. We can keep this set your name anonymous and any identifying information anonymous as well. And so if you would like more information than that, please feel free to reach out. And I just want to thank you again for tuning in to another episode of One of a Kind You. If you thought this was helpful or if you think this would be helpful for a friend, please don't hesitate to share and spread the love. And I hope that I will see you again next week. Thanks so much for tuning in.